So I've learned to be a little bit more patient. I've learned to be tolerant. I've learned to be consistent with anything I'm doing because with consistency comes attraction. That is what I believe. Don't sleep on your ideas. Don't sleep on your dreams. Wake up on them. Take action. I see the walls before me. I feel the cages forming. Seems like the world is falling, but I keep my head up the ground. I see the world before me. I know what change is coming. I hear the world is calling, so I keep my head up the ground. We break into everything. We break into everything. Hello and welcome to the Barrier Breakers Corner, where we shift mindsets around various topics such as family, finance, relationships, dreams and visions, and most importantly, opportunities and how to walk into them. We want to annihilate the assumption that we cannot break barriers. Let me tell you this today. There is more on the other side of you breaking that barrier that you would never know unless you do. We break into Hello and welcome to the Barabricus Corner where we step out on faith and defy the odds. I am your host, Joyce Donkor. Today, we have an amazing guest all the way from the Gambia. An amazing woman. She's our barrier breaker of the month of December 2023. And I'm so glad to have her on the podcast. She's none other than Rose F. Coca. Please introduce yourself, Rose. Thank you, Joyce. Thank you. It's an honor to be the last barrier breaker for the year 2023. I'm excited. My name is Rose F. Coca, and I'm an entrepreneur from the Gambia. I'm a Christian. I'm 33 years old. I'm the founder of Rose Africa, which is a fashion brand, and Quick Cook Limited, which is a meal prep solution brand. I was actually thinking Rose Africa was the other way around, but the cookbook. But here we are. I'm learning as we go today. <laughs> I think what attracted me to your page was the quick book. Yeah. Quick book. Everybody keeps getting this one. I should put some money down for this and people will get it right. <laughs> the quick book. Quick book. Oh gosh. That's what attracted me to your page because in this part of the world, like we need quick book. <laughs> oh yeah. You do. Nobody has time. What's it called? Cassava or classes or okay. that takes so much time. Like we need quick cook like i remember going to my friend's place once and then we love eating african dishes she's from sierra leone and but then she grew up in gambia as well so she loves african dishes however she's not gonna cook it's gonna take probably a year <laughs> she's right once a year before she could she relies on her auntie to do that so she can pay people to cook for you and then you can store it in the freezer and just munch on yeah. it yeah but yeah that's Cook is the thing we need. And I am so proud of you and the work that you're doing. Like, I just want us to start right from the beginning. What was your idea? What was your thought process as a kid? What did you want to become in the future? When people were like, I want to be a lawyer, I want to be a doctor. What was your So mine was a journalist. I wanted to be a journalist. Yes. I love to ask questions. I love to know about new things. I was just inquisitive. <laughs> I think this inquisitiveness is 
it's very diverse in a way that it can lead to different things because you talk about how you love to ask questions. I think I had that. I was very curious as well as a young child. And I don't know what I asked a lot of questions when I was a kid, but the books that I'll read, you know, investigating and all of that, the detective books, Hardy Boys, Nancy Drew, and watching Derek on Gambia TV. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Made me wanted to be (laughs) an investigative journalist, honestly. Derek, Inspector Derek. Inspector Derek. <laughs> Those were the ones. I didn't even realize how these were traces of what I am now. Because when you talk about you were since you're trying to be investigate and know what I think I have that mm-hmm. as well. But instead of becoming an investigative journalist or VI investigator or some detective somewhere, I am doing audit and asking questions. So those are the things that we do. And now I'm on the podcast asking questions. <laughs> Exactly. I feel like this life is very funny that because I feel like even in Africa, it's that one way that it used to be, you know, if you say science class, like I used to think you, you want to be a doctor. If you say you're going to ask to be a lawyer or a journalist, right? Whereas you want to be a business person or accountant. So I think I'm so limited at that time. But the way the world is, we've come to realize that there's so much more that we can do in different areas. And this is for someone out there. You may be thinking that this is the mindset that you want to go with. And it's okay if that's what you want to become. But be open to other avenues because you realize that you want to be involved in investigating things. You could be a detective. You could be an investigative journalist. You could be an auditor. There's so many ways that you can, that one thing that you are thinking, oh, this is the only way. There's so many other ways. So be open to different things. And so let's go back to Rose's story of being investigative journalist. When you graduated high school, did you go to study journalism? Oh, so no, I didn't because at that time, there was no journalism offered at the university. Even if there was an institution offering journalism course, would be Stratford University, I think. But that they were in existence in 2008. So, and then again, because of the political environment as well, my foster parents felt it would be too risky or dangerous for me. So I went in for insurance. <laughs> I studied insurance instead. <laughs> yeah, so I studied insurance at the West Africa Insurance Institute, Y, the certificate level. And then I started working with a Royal Insurance Gambia Limited as a marketing executive. So I did that from 2014 to 2018. That's when I quit my full-time job. Wow. And what was the reason behind So for quitting the job, so in 2016, I had started, again, the Rose Africa brand, which was my first initiative. So whilst doing the Rose Africa brand, I realized my potential through working for the insurance company. Like Because I'm a marketing executive, the amount of sales, you have your targets and stuff. So I realized the amount of output I was giving to the company. I was like, I think I can do this for me as well. (laughs) I started thinking in those lines. So, So 2016, 2017, I gave myself, I think, two years grace that I don't think I want to do 2019 here. So... Yeah, I did it till 2018. And then I figured I really wanted to be on my own, be my own boss. So yeah, that was the main reason. Can you tell us more about the Rose Africa brand and what it entails? Okay, so the Rose Africa is a fashion brand, basically giving new life to worn out products. Because I figured each and every individual, we have certain gifts that are very sentimentally attached to us. Like, for instance, your mom gives you a handbag. It's so cute. And 
because of the climate here in the Gambia, sometimes the leather peels off or the something sort of happens to that bag though, but you don't want to give it away. You don't want to throw it away. You always want to reuse it. So I started working with the wax print material. So I'd go to old tailoring shops after they cut out patterns or designs. I'll use those scraps and then use it for bags, shoes, until a friend of mine, you know, posted it on Facebook and then people started reaching out. I figured, okay, I could work on this. So I started with shoes, bags, and then I had accessories, stationery, you name it. Yeah, so I did that till... 2019, when COVID hit Gambia and everything changed. <laughs> everything. It was like sound that when you put on Netflix, goes the dum. Yeah. <laughs> everything just like goes down. Everything. Yeah. Even as you shared part of your story about the leftovers, oh my God, making new things out of worn out stuff. It tells us how. Never waste the little thing that you feel like is not necessary. The little talent that you feel like, oh, you know, it's nothing. Just use it. Never know what is going to become of it. And even sometimes we feel like we are nothing. But if you are nothing, why would God bring you into this world? God even want to use you, you know? thing that you think like it's nothing can grow to something big if you put your time into it, if you put your efforts into it, it will come out. Because sometimes even with Biopicus Corner, I just feel like, especially this year, I feel like I've just been repetitive and just doing stuff, you know. And I'm like, I'm not even going to let this stop me because it's been a stretching year for me. But I'm just going to continue because as I put in the passion, because I love to work with young people. I love to talk to young people. And that's why we have this platform, just to encourage young people to just do whatever you have to do, because it can be so hard sometimes. But if you just hear someone's story, that's why we bring people's stories on here. You'll be encouraged because you realize that "Mm, I'm not alone. So taking that over, going back to the tailor, my mom is a tailor. So I know when you talk about the leftover block, (laughs) you know, the little is being put together to make something new that people are buying. So you can imagine the leftover. What is your leftover? Whoever is listening, the leftover, what do you feel like is that small thing that is not important? It is very, very important. It can be the diamond that someone is looking for. And are you still doing that, the Rosa Twig? Rosa I'm doing about 10% of it and more of quick cook. So 10% in the sense that because I've done it for at least five years, I've also had a, a different market and a different clientele. So, and then obviously the market now has been so saturated. We have a lot of people doing the same, but nonetheless, we still stand out. Yeah. So now what we do is we prefer to work in bulk orders. So let's say someone wants to do them some shoes or stuff. So we'd rather do bulk orders than work one-one because that takes a lot of time. Yeah. Right. And then we give 90% time to quick cook. That's good. That's good. So let's talk about quick cook. The reason why I saw <laughs> <laughs> see more of her work, the reason I started following. <laughs> Tell us more about quick cook. Yes. So like I said, in 2019, when COVID hit, I think it came to Gambia around what? Early 2020 or so. My mom used to work as a domestic house help. But she then quit the job as well and decided to go into oyster farming. You know me, I'm Jola. 90% of the women harvesting oysters in the Gambia are Jolas. Mm. <laughs> yes. 
So, and that is a tribe I come from. So I have known this woman harvesting oysters for decades, but I was never drawn to it until when my mom started doing it. So when my mom started harvesting oysters, I went with her on a journey and I saw how, even though I knew how dangerous it was, but, you know, now seeing your mom involved and that attachment you have with your mom. So I couldn't bear to see my mom go through that whole struggle. Yeah. And for like, they have to go harvesting for over eight hours and then they stay a whole night to process it. And then the next morning they have to wake up as early as 5 a.m. to catch the ferry because my mom harvests in the North Bank. So after taking the ferry, they have to come to the market. They'll be at the market from 6 a.m. to sometimes 6 p.m. just to sell those oysters. I'm like, this is studious. This is a full time and more job. So I decided to use my entrepreneurship skills. So when my mom and her team harvest the oysters, I buy it from them. So they don't have to take care of the sales bit. Oh. So that's how I started. So I started off with the oysters. So I think I did the oysters for about three months. And then on a particular day, I just decided to take a walk down the market. So I went to the market again. It was in the morning as I saw women that are selling leafy greens, throwing away a heap of leafy greens. I was like, yeah. So that is because one, they don't have the storage facility to properly store them or they don't have the right skills for the process them to increase the shelf life. So I realized there is a problem. So I got home again. I did my little research. So I checked out other West African countries and other African countries to see what they're doing with leafy greens that are similar to what we have in the Gambia. And I realized they do process, preserve, dehydrate and all of that. So, and then coming back to the Gambia, growing up as a young girl in a Aku home, normally during season of leafy greens, we would buy them in bulk, process and then freeze them. So when they are off season, we can still cook the meal. So, which is the same thing. Look at that. So I decided to use that local knowledge and then now commercialize it into a business. So I started off with the oysters and then four leafy greens. And today we are at almost 29 products and counting. Wow. <laughs> yes. So blown away because <laughs> you go through life and you realize that the things that you want to become are traces in your childhood. Yeah. This traces thing came from one our barbecue of the month of May. And she talked about her loving lipstick and lip gloss. And she's a Mary Kay consultant for like about 17 years now. But she realized that this was the traces, you know, in her childhood days when she loved lip gloss and lipstick. And her dad would be like, those things are for our shower people. Yeah. <laughs> you see this, our parents are. Uh... <laughs> and these are traces that it's in there. So for me, I'm so encouraged today because whatever you find yourself doing, it's in the traces. So if you are finding out, okay, what am I supposed to become? What should I do? It's in the traces. For me to be here today, it was in the traces. Like, I've worked for children ministry in my church, my dad's church. Over, I started teaching when I was 14 in the Sunday school. So imagine being able to work with people. It's not like I just woke up today and said I wanted to interview people or I wanted to work with young people. It's been there since. It's the traces. So the reason why I bring this up is because you talked about how you guys preserve the leafy greens <laughs> as kids. Yeah. Look at what God was just doing, preparing you for today. Yeah. Actually doing it on a larger scale, you know. And I wish this was a video because look at me. I'm just like... <laughs> You know, I'm enjoying your lives. <laughs> it's like if people can just understand that it's not as hard as it may look like, it's in your childhood. What's the thing that you loved so much to do? Now look at you traveling. <laughs> 
That's because of packaging leafy green. Somebody, you know, and in those days when you say you are doing those things, people will be looking at you like, yeah, like this is not something that is going to make money. Look at the tailors, how they look down. Even those days when they say you want to do football, somebody will be like, what is football? Is football going to bring food on my team? No, football is doing one of the last things. Like, I know. If people would just understand that the little things that we do, you know, the traces, the things that we think, oh, they are nothing. They're really something in our society. And look at where we are now today. Like, that's a very inspiring story that... And going back to you walking in the morning, those morning walks should not be played with. (laughs) I love them. I still do, though. I still do. (laughs) Because in those morning walks, because as if, you know, you have just woken up from sleep, your mind is fresh, there's not much chaos in your mind. Even before touching your phone Uh and just be silent for a moment, your day is just starting. If you just start with meditation or just taking that walk, the ideas that will flow... For me, my ideas come in the most in the bathroom <laughs> true i get it just yesterday I had the same thing because i'm working on another project so i'm now thinking oh, what do i do in terms of sustainability and then automatically i just ran out got a pen noted it down like i don't play with my mornings <laughs> i don't <laughs> <laughs> people don't know and they just some people will just get up and copy actually just saw a post on social media that said i'm just paraphrasing here that instead of you copying somebody make it a thing to say i'm inspired by you and what you do instead of just sitting down and copy because some people will just sit down and copy they don't even know the passion that you have and that's what we have here my dear that's what we have here but again if they don't say you inspire them you know you've inspired them just by them copying so it's the reverse for me yeah. So since we started Quick Cook, having them package all those liquid greens, I'm seeing a lot of people doing it. I'm like, okay, because when I started, I was struggling. I was like, there's no competition. I'm not competing with anybody. Like, it's just me in the industry. And now I see a lot of people, oh, like, okay, now I need to be a blazer. Look at the trailblazer. <laughs> <laughs> you know, another thing is sometimes people don't, it might not even be competition. It might just be that they didn't see anyone do it. And then you doing it inspired them. They may not tell you, but you doing it inspired them to do it. Who also be that God gave them the idea or they had the idea. They didn't work on it early. And then you started it. And when you started, they are like, this was my idea. How could it else do it? I go through the same things as well. I was like, so when I talk to people and then we're all in line with the same thing, I was like, great mind things are like, yeah. We all think alike. it's just for the person who first initiates it, but we all have somewhat the same ideas sometimes. But true. Yeah. The same idea. Because I always give this example. I'm like, what if God gave you a song or an, a play or an idea? If you don't act on it soon, somebody, he's going to give it somebody because the assignment has to be done. It has to. The thing is that when you delay, God has to find another person, right? And then there's a delay system because maybe this quick cooks could have been coming like 10 years ago, 20 years ago from another person. Yeah. Then maybe their life will be somewhere. They will have put Gambia on the map a longer time ago. But when you don't act on it, somebody else is going to do it. God is going to give the assignment to somebody else that is going to pick it up and quickly go with it. And sometimes at the beginning of doing something, you struggle. And I'm going to try and be vulnerable here because I know this is a woman's podcast right now, but it was men's day the other day. And <laughs> I saw them celebrating themselves. Others were like, I didn't know we have a men's day. The internet was dry. The internet was dry. <laughs> <laughs> I was just like, when is women then? I love supporting women. I love women advancement. I love everything women. When is women, the, the world is like, hey, when is life? 
But when it's men's day, it's just like dry. And I, Barry Baker's Corner is more, it's about men and women, boys and girls, young people, everyone. I couldn't do a, not that I don't want to do a woman's thing on its own, but I feel like there's a lot of women empowerment out there that our young men is to also be empowered. And so anytime, I think we started celebrating men's day either last year or the year before and always been dry. I felt like it was picking up this year. And I was just like, because when I posted this year, I was just like, there's not really anybody. <laughs> They're listening to me. Later in the day, I just saw like on people's WhatsApp, they are not out there, but on people's WhatsApp, they're literally celebrating the man. And I was like, why don't you just show it out there? Like, let people know. <laughs> it's men's day. <laughs> it's men's day. But I just felt so bad for the men. <laughs> Because there are good men out there. Listen. Oh, there. Oh, there. Oh, there. There are good men out there. So if we can just celebrate them, that would really help. And so when I bring that point out, it's because I felt like the only one out there really celebrating. Like Barry Baker's kind of was the only one out there really celebrating. True. <laughs> but I feel like it's so important that we celebrate, you know, the great men out there. And yeah, let me just stop there. But I just had to say that because... You talked about when you're starting, you felt like you were the only one out there. There's no competition. You know, it was a struggle, but now people are picking up and that's how it is. People will start picking up. And we talked about the competition part, but I said earlier, it's sometimes it's not even about competition, but because they were inspired by you, because also the they had and they didn't know how to do or what to do, this is nothing. And now that they see that you're thriving in it, they're like, let me also do it because this was, you know, and they could do it differently in their own way. It could be something else, but at least kudos to you for starting something that has really inspired other people. So what are some of the challenges that you face. I know your mom started this, but what did your mom say when you got into it? Or oh, people around you, what were they saying? So for me, it's like I amaze people each time I come up with something. So everybody, so well, a few of my friends were like, Rose, out of everything you know in this world, now it's just leaves you want to say, leaves and snail and dry bonga, really, palm oil. <laughs> I knew that was what I would get. So mentally, I was really prepared for it because I live with my mother-in-law. So when I started, she was like, oh no, another one. I was like, mommy, don't worry, this one, this one will shock you. <laughs> and indeed, it shocked her. <laughs> yeah, so when I started, I was, like I said, I was mentally ready for the feedback because I know the people around me. I know how a lot of people think back home here and who would tell me oh this is a great idea but i think it's for those in america and england you know they don't have time so i'm like really you have time in this country <laughs> i didn't know because i don't that is so true and so <laughs> thing is the thoughts that people have and it's good that you have to be mentally ready because i remember a time in my life where i got into something and i didn't tell anyone like it was just me mm -hmm. and it's not like i was shy or ashamed of it but I had to be mentally prepared because of the questions that people were going to be asking. Yeah. <laughs> even those that were close to me, some, some of them was even a year later that I was like, so. <laughs> and they were like, what? Exactly. And I was like, no, I had to be mentally prepared because I had to be ready that to answer your questions. And I wanted to be there mentally. So whatever you're doing, knowing the community you're in, they're like, what are you doing? Those people in the market, why are you selling dueling and duty and and yeah, that's what they keep telling me. The way working class people, they might not have time to go to Serakuna market and start fishing out. So if there's a place to call and order, hey, Lila Bugate, you know, that's a workload. Because I say to myself, convenience is expensive. <laughs> it is. My sister, it is. No joke. <laughs> convenience is expensive, but 
at least if you can have, because sometimes, you know, I feel like that's what has caused like some families to be astray from each other because maybe the parents had worked so hard, you know, trying to make work, trying to do this just to put on the table. And so it has made a lot of families like not be together or grow, you know, be one or just because everyone was busy doing one thing. But now you can pick up a call and call quick cooks and say, I want to order this. I want to order this. And it's coming to your doorstep. And then at the end of the day, you still have time for your family. It's not like I go to something in the market and start spending two hours. That two hours you can spend with your husband, with your kids, with your parents. Like tell them for me, like I am giving you value so much time. Some people tell me, Rose, so what are you giving to customers in return for money? I say, I'm giving you time mm-hmm. in return for money, like time. Instead of cooking super kanja for one hour, I'm telling you now, cook it for 45 minutes and use the rest of the meat to sleep, chill, do anything. <laughs> the sleeping and the resting part. Listen, because by the time you cut your okra, I am here. So I went to buy the okra. Mm-hmm. In Ghana, when we cook, I'm from Ghana, I grew up in Gambia. So when we cook the stew, we add the purple, the eggplant. Eggplant. Yeah. So I chopped my eggplant. I chopped my okra. I'm like, I'm not cooking today. (laughs) (laughs) It's time to take time out and just chop okra the way you want. I don't like the ones that sell in the supermarket that is already frozen because I want it to be chopped. It's just big circles. And I don't like, I want to cut into four and smaller pieces. I made it like the way I wanted it and then put it in the freezer. By the time I was ready to cook, like you said, 45 minutes, you're done. You're done. In onion, you're not cutting okra, you're not cutting eggplant. Like it's no. So you know what? We need to do an advert. I'm giving you time. <laughs> I need it. <laughs> I do need one. <laughs> oh, good to have time with your family. I mean, once in a while, if you want to take that stroll to the market, it's not a problem. No, it's not. If you're working nine to five, and some people not even nine to five, seven to eight, you know, when are you going to cook? Even as women, especially in our communities where women are still cooking, husband is might not be helping. <laughs> Make sure that your family is fed and all of those things. Where is the time? So if you have been done for you, do you get people to deliver for you or? Oh yeah, we have delivery services as well. So one thing we don't have at quick cook is the protein meat so i don't intend to sell meat and chicken so at least that gives you an avenue to take a stroll right <laughs> somebody else to that one. that's what i say to people a friend of mine was like oh rose you the way you think about ideas i was like okay let me sell you this idea in fact let me give you it to free i have everything for soup i don't have meat can you be doing meat and cow food ready to cook man that's a business like i don't want to do it so if you do it, we can now partner. People can come to me, get everything, and then maybe you order the meat. It's simple. We have a business. <laughs> it's that simple, right? Even here, when you go to the supermarket, meat is already packaged for you. So package, the pricing is on there. You pick what you want. You can pick the size, like whether you want more or if you want more, you can want a bigger, like a larger quantity. They'll have the larger quantity size. You just buy it. So if somebody can do that for you, instead of going to the market, Bella kilo labuga. I think kilo labuga. It's not they're cutting it. It's not that's time already going. So yeah, yeah, that's really good. That's really really good. Something came to my mind. I just no no. Okay, so I was on this other podcast like two years ago, and I was literally just talking to one of my friends about it two days ago or so, and we're talking about puff puff. You know the how do you guys how do we call it in Gambia? We don't call it pancake. Pancake. Somebody can just make the powder. Just make the powder and package it. All you just have to do is add water to it. And that's it. This is what I tell people. I was like, you see me? It's just because I don't have the capacity yet. But if I do, you guys are in trouble. 
because I'll confuse you guys with products. <laughs> and everything will be ready to eat and ready to cook. Yeah, because there's no, no more time. No long time. Time is money. But you know Gambia here? Yeah? Gambia, we love going to the market. Hey, I saw to get now like it's manela, damn. <laughs> I think we love that bit. <laughs> so no matter. Seven and come back at 12 o'clock. And lunch is ready by five. Who has? No, not me. Yeah. <laughs> my sister did. I was like, this is your donut that you make. Mm-hmm. Time where you can sell it frozen. Yes. And all people just have to do is just put it in the frying pan and it's fried. The wrappers that they make for glows donuts. I'm like, there has to come a time you just have to sell it frozen. Oh, yes. Because there will come a time I will be doing ready to eat. So instead of selling you the quick cook products, I'll just be cooking it. And that will be my next brand, Quick Chop. Don't use the name. <laughs> Don't hit my name. Don't simply introduce a barrier breaker corner. <laughs> Listen. Quick job, right? No, that's ready. You get it, you eat it. That money you spend for transportation, you can use it to order the food and get it delivered to you. With the way transportation is now, you know, and we have different um, services in Gambia that are doing deliveries. Oh, yeah, quite a lot. So proud of Gambians because they are, everybody's seeing the need to do something and like there's something missing in the society. Okay, let me help out. And you might be in the combos, but that service is not available in Basse. So start it in Basse. You know, it's not like you're copying somebody. You are inspired by them, like we said, and mm-hmm. it over there because that person might not be able to get to Basse. How many hours is it going to take for somebody to deliver something in Basse? You can start it there, you know. True. Or even having those services can start one branch there but yeah just like this is an ideas podcast (laughs) (laughs) selling ideas no good no bad (laughs) what are some of the other challenges you have faced so one of the main challenges for me here is accessing to finance which is everybody's problem and i don't know it's really scary for me it got me really depressed because you wouldn't believe for seven years as an entrepreneur in this country i have never received a single grant and not because I have not applied. So yeah, that is a key, one of my key challenges and also, you know, sourcing equipment because all the things that I'm doing, if I really want to scale up and, you know, increase my capacity, I'll need heavy duty machines because currently everything I'm doing is manually. It's manually done and it's labor intense. So I'm getting the right equipment. But I've also realized that we have a lot of young Gambian engineers that I can now work with to produce the actual machines that I need to do the actual work because of the skills they've also acquired. So again, young people are also trying to solve different problems. So I just realized that I think last month that I can actually source my own materials here in the Gambia instead of all the way in China waiting for shipment and all of that. Yeah, that's really good. That's really, really good. One of the things that Barabek has found, and I'm just really, this year I've been really stretching. I haven't really done much of community work or sort like helping out people. But, you know, next year, help me, Lord, it's about getting people to support us. Like hearing these stories, it really breaks my heart sometimes. One of the reasons why I like to help my communities because when I was a youth leader in my church, um, we'll have like community programs and we need money. And sometimes you can't always get money from the same people all the time because like you, I'm always having ideas every single time. <laughs> it's like every quarter we had like a major event and it was like most of the time it's 
probably community-based and you're looking for money to support the work that you're doing. It was so hard to get the investment. And I'm just like, if Viabricus Corner can have people investing in us, we can also support other people that are out there that want to, like you said, scale up, but there's no resources. So hearing that, you know, if you hear that, not just from you, but from other people, of course, if their finances was there, I'm just like, okay, let's do this. How can we help so that you can also grow your business? Because like you said, finance is a thing. But if you are able to make more stuff and be able to have more money coming in, you might not even end up depending on a grant because you're already making the profit that you need to invest in and do all of that. And you're not the only one facing that because so many people on the podcast have said finance has been a thing because if people are not buying, in fact, that even borrowing to people to pay later. (laughs) (laughs) That one is a business killer. (laughs) Actually, we can't do that anymore and people may not even pay you. Most times they might do when pay expensive things for themselves, pay for their own thing that they owe somebody. It's hard for them. I don't know. Not that it's hard for them. Some people, they just wicked. Wicked intentionally. So being able to support, that's one of the things that I can't wait to be able to get to that level where we are having investments and being able to support different people so that they can also grow their business so that, you know, they also do well because I can see the work that people are putting in. But like you said, finance is always a thing, you know, and then all those equipment that we need. If you're not ordering from China, somebody is in Sheen, somebody is in Temu. Is it Temu or Temu, the new one? Amazon, you're waiting for somebody to send something. Take days and sometimes you need that thing like instantly, you know, so those are patience. Have you been able to manage with that, all of those things? Yeah, so it's been really hard. But again, it's something I'm really passionate about. And for me, the joy in my shop is when my products are running down. I'm like, yay, I had 40, now they are 10. <laughs> for me, that joy alone is a boost to me. Part of my scale-up plan, again, is trying to get investors on board, pitch the idea, show them where I am at now and the level I want to get to. And yeah. Because honestly, the quick cook thing, it's a big thing. It's even bigger than me because it is something that I went on my knees and prayed to God. Because when I was turning 30, I did say to God, I was like, I am doing so many things. Like you've gifted me, uh, the gifts are even confusing me. So on my 30th birthday, I just want you to show me the way, like lead me. Even though I had started quick cook, I didn't even have a name for it. So I said to him, if this is really my calling, if this is really something you want me to take up, make it easy for me. The name came just like that. I got the name Quick Cook. I even got the... This is the first brand that I could get the name easily. Even my logo, the person that did it, we did it together in less than 15 minutes. The slogan, I didn't struggle for the slogan. Everything was is just falling in place. And up to today, the ideas keep coming. So sometimes I'm like, ah, God, you're actually listening to me. <laughs> Honestly, like this is a chat I had with God. So that's why everything about Quick Cook is so overwhelming for me. Like I'm excited when people call me. Oh, we want you to come and talk to us about your business. I was like, Quick Cook? You should say, yes, why not? (laughs) Like, honestly, I'm really excited. I started this. I don't know. I'm most happiest for my business and for me. Yeah. What you said gave me confirmation because... When you said like the ideas, the slogan, that was the same way for barrier breakers. It was like, God was like, your assignment is calling, your assignment is calling you. I've always had this idea of barrier breakers like since 2012, but it was actually in December that we started. So we are like, we are four years next month. But like the slogan, the idea, when the logo came as well, it was like, okay, they had different logos. I had like three that was my favorite, but this one was actually my, the one that I actually chose. I love this one. Like it was just easy peasy and ideas had a flow here and there. And sometimes 
Yeah, like, okay, I need confirmation about something. And then somebody will just talk about it without you telling the person. And it's like, oh, that's the confirmation I just need. And one of the things I was telling a group of ladies, was it Tuesday? And I was saying that, you know, someone was, I don't know whether it was a question they were asking or something like that. And it was like, they have an event that they are doing and it's like, it's been so hard and they know that this is where God led them. And I told them that, yes, God led you there, but it is in your obedience that he meets you. And if you don't start doing the walking, as in W-A-L-K or the W-A, he's not going to be there. And just yesterday, I was with my pastor's wife and she took me to Ezekiel chapter 2, verse 1. He said to me, son of man, stand on your feet and I will speak to you. Then as he spoke to me, the spirit entered me and set me on my feet and I am speaking to me. If he did not stand to speak, he wouldn't hear. If you don't do the walk, like we are talking about the ideas, God gave you the idea. But you sat down and somebody else has picked it. Rose has picked it up. And because she walked, God met her at that point. So I said that it's obedience. When I say obedience, I mean it is in your taking that walk or doing the work that God will meet you and give you more ideas. Because sometimes I don't know what I want to do for Barrier Breakers. Like even my podcast, I have like seasonal podcasts. The day I finish my last podcast, the season ones, that's when I get the theme for the next year. And I'm thinking about God. Yeah, like sometimes. Really? <laughs> You know, I didn't even do any season long one this year. Like I said, this year has been stretching. But the next, I decided to push it for next year. But now I understood why he gave me that topic for next year, which is, I think, the power of prayer. That's going to be for the next season. And I was like, it's now I understood why he gave to me because it is my obedience, right, that he's giving me ideas. I have to also walk in it for me to be able to get to where he's calling me. So I'm just grateful for your story and the challenges that you face and how you're overcoming it day by day. I'm sure like as you go, like if you have linked this to God, everything is God. You know, if you put God at a center, you always bring the right people around you and the right investors will come. And definitely it will be something that you do on an international scale. Even you realize that like what we were talking about earlier, the things that you are doing or the things that, you know, okay, I'm more about this. I don't want to bring it out because I know it's not yet something that you're doing, but uh-huh. thing will be needed internationally. You never know. And, you know, something will be like a oh, million dollar friend. I do. <laughs> you know the drill. <laughs> just blow your mind what God can do with that little thing and whoever is attached or whoever is doing their own thing. I always say never think locally, think internationally because sometimes I think international is America and Europe. International is also Ghana and Sierra Leone and Nigeria. Think global. Yeah. Thing goes the way God wants it to and it will blow your mind. The Bible says what eyes have not seen, what ears have not heard, what has not even touched the heart of man. I pray that for you for your business amen in jesus name amen Amen. (laughs) so okay what are the lessons you've learned along the way in this journey so i've learned a lot and each day is a learning day so i've learned to really really be patient like patience and every day when i wake up after saying thank you to god i was like please add more patience (laughs) like i figured i really need patience especially working in this country i really need patience so i've learned to be a little bit more patient i've learned to be tolerant i've learned to be consistent with anything i'm doing because with consistency comes attraction that is what i believe and also learned to network because we as gambians we are very reserved 
Kiss me for faking. We're just going, going, going. So I've learned to network. So when I meet people, I go with my smile from the smiling coast. I introduce myself and what I'm doing. Because you don't know who is who. You can't just tell by looking at the individual. So I've learned to network. Like anywhere I go, I am networking. Even if I meet a catfish seller, I am networking with them because I don't know when I'll need them. Yeah, these are key things I've really learned. And also time for myself. My mental state is very, very important. Like if I am not okay, the business is not okay. So I have to be okay. This is what things I've learned to appreciate myself. You know, thank myself, praise myself if I'm not praised. Thank myself for all the little steps I've taken so far. And yeah, these are things I've learned so far. That is good. One thing when I started by Rebecca's Corner, this guy actually created my first website. He told me consistency is key. And so even this year, I've been very intentional about being consistent. That even though I'm not doing what I really wanted to do this year, the other things I really wanted to do, it's not really there. But I need to be consistent on my page because if I stop posting, it's going to go dry. I'll lose followers. No one is going to get be interested. But being consistent and then growing in that area and also realizing that, you know, starting or doing this work has really opened me to a lot of people. Don't let you, but look at us laughing like we know each other. <laughs> <laughs> First time, apart from our TikTok interaction. <laughs> our TikTok interaction was amazing. I was just there dancing. I know. Yeah. Starting growing in your career or relationship or entrepreneur or whatever you find yourself just poses you to a lot of people. You'll be like, how do you know this? How do you know? It's just because of what you're doing. Sometimes now today, if, if my mom needs something, I can always call her and say, oh, my mom needs this, you know? Yeah. The other day, I said to send me catfish. And <laughs> <laughs> so now I can call cook and be like, I need catfish. And there's this, I can even connect you to the lady. She always sends stuff, you know, to people here. And I don't know whether you can do business with her, but I think she's also... Is a network. Is a network. <laughs> she, she sends stuff for me. So I just sent it through. My mom went to buy the stuff from the market and then I just connected to the lady and my sisters went to her. So imagine... Now I can call mm-hmm. books and be like, I need this. I need that. Like my Ebe. <laughs> ah, it's coming to life. <laughs> the day that I got bonga fish Ebe in US, it tasted like the Ebe back home. I ate Ebe like a pot. In fact, in midnight o'clock, I was still eating this Ebe. My friend was laughing at me. She, said, <laughs> she has no idea. I have no idea. I said, cooked Ebe before. I always cook Ebe here, but I don't have all the ingredients. But the day I got Kobo. Kobo Bulaka. <laughs> I gave it a different thing. It was finished. Like, it was so good. So imagine I call you and other people that have been able to connect on the podcast on Barabica's Corner. Consistency, just being consistent. And then you also found, if you're not okay, your business will not be okay. And I always say that if the head is not okay, everything that is part of it will not work. So, but you are the head of the business. If you are not okay, definitely your business will not be okay. And it's so true. True, true. Yeah. So one of the other questions I normally ask on Barry Baker's Corner is, what do you know now that you wish you had known when you were younger? Ooh, a lot. <laughs> I think there's always one thing I say now is like, okay, so what I always say is how I wish I would have been able to see problems and create solutions for them, right? Because when you're young, sometimes you walk in the house and you see a broom, you know it shouldn't be there and you put it in the right place, right? So I'm like, how comes when growing up, I didn't have all these ideas? Then I should have started business right after school. 
<laughs> but again, everything is at its time. But I also say to myself, what if God had given it to me at that time when I wasn't ready? How would I have handled it, right? So I weigh both options. I'm like, I'm grateful I got it now because I'm a bit wiser now <laughs> and I can handle it. <laughs> yeah. Right. It's so funny. Like most of the things you're saying, it resonates with me because when I told about the thing that I got involved in and I was like, I didn't tell anybody to like almost a year. Mm-hmm. I was like, if I had got this thing when I was maybe in high school or 10 years ago or five years ago, I don't think I'll be able to handle this. Yeah. And then now. So I'm just so grateful you brought that up because sometimes we are like, oh, but God, why didn't you give this to me in the past? I would have been somewhere long ago. <laughs> <laughs> like I always say to my dad, he was a footballer and he was a goal, like he was one of their best goalkeepers. And then he broke his wrist. And I'm like, God, why did he break his wrist? Ah, oh, by now, been in millions. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Be like one of the greatest footballers of our time, you know? Wow. Like, mm-hmm. But God knows why. He does. <laughs> so for me, I'm just like, okay. <laughs> Another thing I wanted to bring up was your mom. Mm-hmm. And I'm like so inspired by so many women out there, so many mothers out there that have pushed for their family. So imagine waking up 5 a.m., not coming back home till like what time o'clock? I think one of my parabikas from the earliest, my first years in doing the podcast, one of the parabikas at the guy, he said his mom used to sell ice. Uh-huh. I think ice and then duty or something like that. Just, I think it was duty in Banjo Market, just so that you would be able to go So I just want a moment to acknowledge your mom and all the mothers out there that are doing like really amazing things out there, put it in the work tirelessly just so that they'll bring food to the table, their children are okay. That was like, God bless them all for the work that they are doing. And Amen. what advice have you got for anyone out there who is struggling, who is like this, I can't break barriers. It's hard. I'll just stick to all you can. What advice have you got for them? My advice would be don't, underestimate yourself because and don't self-doubt i have self-doubted to the extent that now i am fearless like i'm just getting on it (laughs) don't be scared but again if you're scared or if you have that feeling of fear for me it meant it's gonna work so even if you feel fair just pursue it don't sleep on your ideas don't sleep on your dreams wake up on them take action you may say oh i am starting small i used to say oh when i start i want to have 14 machines that are grinding 17 that are can i handle them no <laughs> i wouldn't be able to but i've started small and currently now i am eager and yearning to scale up because i now know that i have surpassed that stage of you know producing in a little capacity now i can't wait to get to that stage and obviously when i get to that stage there are challenges waiting for me there so don't sleep on your ideas no matter how small it is and i always tell people even if it is groundnut you're selling package that groundnut well brand that groundnut well like but anyway but that's it don't sleep on your ideas don't sleep on your dreams <laughs> you get me talking i have to passionate about this <laughs> this is one of my podcasts this year all time one of my favorite because this is what i want my podcast to be about like just enjoying the conversation not doing like an interview like a job interview yeah. uh-huh. so more insight and you know you just said something that really like I said everything I'm seeing resonates with me <laughs> great minds <laughs> great minds right yeah 
as you grow, because sometimes some people are like, but how like, because you are looking at somebody and you are measuring where that person is to where you are. And sometimes that person is like way up there and you're like, when will I get there? Or how will I get there? And you want to, like you are saying, 17 machines, you want to get the same 17 machines when you have not even gotten the one. <laughs> like I would say start with the one because once you're able to manage that one, God brings more. And you realize that I can take the second, I can add the third. I start, When I started by Corner, it was just me. I was doing everything. And then by the second year, actually, I was like, I think I need people to help. In fact, I was not even thinking about it. One of my friends, I was like, you need to have a team. You can't do all of this on your own. Posting here. Sometimes posting one thing can take an hour. Yo, tell me about it. <laughs> tell me about it. <laughs> I have my main, my nine to five job that I'm doing. I can't be taking one hour, two hours. So imagine you're posting every day of the week, five days, you know, and different platforms too. That's like, let's say three hours a day out of your time just to do that. And then there are other things that you're planning as well. And we're like, okay, definitely need a team. So you see that as you grow, you realize the need for more people. You realize the need. And you also start meeting people. You know, you're like, oh, how will I overcome this challenge? You realize that somebody will be there at that point. It's just like you're going to the junction and you just meet the taxi that you want to enter. Meet that person that you ask the question and they are there to guide and help. So like you say, don't underestimate yourself don't take action now because that help will come as you move like we said earlier in obedience that god meets you so if you don't god is not going to bring the help so stop thinking about the challenges and even as afraid as you may be i've been afraid she's been afraid you know every single time we have a new project we are afraid (laughs) (laughs) we have to just keep it moving thank you so much rose for coming on i really appreciate you Thank you. I am like, you know, we're entering 2024. This is the podcast that we need to enter before to do. <laughs> definitely, definitely. Thank you so much. I appreciate you. I'm glad to be on this. And let me just you, each time I've, you know, I follow your page as well. I was like, ah, uh-uh, ah, which day they will come interview because I need to be on this. <laughs> I've always said it. I was like, but anyway, yeah, I know I'm really saying to myself. Oh my God. I said, you know what? I know she's looking at me. My day will come because I followed that of Lillian and her sister. I was like, hey, she has gotten to Lillian. Okay, that means she's looking at me and the others. <laughs> and I think the funny thing is because I normally plan my year. I think I have you on my list, but it's just like this year, the way the list went, it just went west with me. <laughs> As I was moving, God was giving me new person. Sometimes it'd be like the last week before the month, and I'm like, who's going to be my barrier for next month? I don't even know where. So you have actually been on my list. I'm just waiting for the right time. You see, I knew it. <laughs> It was a good This is like what we need for 2024. Like, I don't know about anybody, but this is what I need. This energy, right? <laughs> it's the right, you are at the right time. You are coming on at the right time. So I really appreciate you. Thank you. Everybody else that is waiting for us to come and interview you, we are coming. She's coming. <laughs> I waited patiently. <laughs> Just 12. It's only 12 months in the year and it's like only 12 people you can get. So if it's like 15 people, you have to wait. Yep. <laughs> I promise you. <laughs> Thank you, Jen. Thank you so much, Joyce. Thank you. I really appreciate it. It's been an honor being on this platform. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Barrier Breakers Corner podcast. If you liked what you heard, please give us a five-star review and subscribe to the show wherever you listen to your podcast. Also, share with those you think can benefit from this information. 
please email all questions, suggestions, and compliments to the BB Corner Podcast at gmail.com. The Barrier Breakers Corner Podcast is produced by the Podcast Laundry Production Company and executive produced by Joyce Donkor. The podcast music was written by Chidi Omenihu and produced by Andy Official in Vegandia, West Africa. Cause they can